The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Creator Automation Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're gonna talk about how to build urgency and trust with your content as a creator. With us today is Jack Bourne, who is the founder and CEO of Deadline Funnel. Deadline Funnel helps digital marketers, especially course creators, to make more sales in less time through proprietary technology that assigns a unique deadline that is synchronized with email automation campaigns to create a sense of urgency for each one of your leads. And outside of being a useful tool to convert more sales, Deadline Funnel is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. So far this week for Creator Automation Week, Jack and I have discussed urgency and trust marketing. And yesterday we talked about launches and their limitations. Today we're going to continue the conversation talking about monetizing evergreen content. All right, here's the third installment of Creator Automation Week with Jack Bourne from Deadline Funnel. Jack, happy hump day and welcome back to Creator Automation Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me back. Always great to have you as a guest. We've covered a lot of ground so far this week, specifically focusing on creators and thinking about building urgency and trust in marketing. And yesterday we talked about launches and what the purpose of launches, which is not just a creator specific topic. It's something that, you know, B2B SaaS companies, direct consumer business, we're all thinking about launches. It's a powerful marketing activity. But the problem that was highlighted in our conversation yesterday is when you do a launch, you're on the EKG. You see the heartbeat, you see the chart go up, and then when the launch is done, inevitably there's a crash. That can create a big impact on your business. It's hard to build a sustainable business when you're constantly volleying up and down. So talk to me about how you advise creators and other businesses to start thinking about how to build sustainability into their practice. So segueing from yesterday's topic, I'm not against launches per se. We talked in depth about where they have a place. My advice for creators and really for anyone, you mentioned SaaS businesses. So this would apply to anyone who's marketing and selling online would be to make sure that you've got a healthy mix of launching and evergreen client acquisition. So launches are fantastic. They serve a really, really great purpose. You can use them for increased visibility in the marketplace, for tremendous amounts of lead generation. You just want to make sure that launches aren't your only method of getting clients in the door. 
you don't want to be reliant on only needing to build buzz and hype. Exactly. And I think like you were mentioning yesterday, what can happen is that if your messaging is off and you have that event, things can really go sideways pretty quickly. So what we recommend is that you have this healthy mix and that includes evergreen content, which also would be evergreen marketing funnels, evergreen messaging. So in my opinion, the workhorse of evergreen marketing for most people, especially creators, is going to be email follow-ups. Now, what brings someone into that? It could be a white paper. It could be a webinar. It could be a launch. It could be something else that they download. It could be a trial to your SaaS product. Whatever it is, you now have someone who has raised their hand and stepped forward out of the foggy darkness and said, I might be interested in what it is that you have to offer. That's where your automated emails and the messages that you put in those are really, really important. And then what we recommend is that at the end of that, after you've developed no like, and trust, and you've really established yourself as an authority, you make your offer, make your case, and then you have a deadline. Now, just to pause for a second, you mentioned the SaaS marketplace. And I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm in the SaaS business. I've had several different SaaS platforms. You know, SaaS is one of these verticals where a deadline is already built into what they're doing. So typically there's a free trial, and then there's a deadline to that free trial. Different companies do it in slightly different ways. But that's an example of an industry where a deadline is used all the time. You come in, you try it out, and then there's a 14-day or 30-day deadline for you to try out that software for free. And during that period of time, if the company is doing their job well, they're sending out follow-up emails to try to get you to use the product, to get value out of the product. But then eventually there's that deadline. And so in the creator space, what we recommend is that someone have at least one email sequence, which really is their main way for bringing in prospects and sharing with them their customer stories, developing know, like, and trust, developing authority, and then making their offer and then having a deadline. So by doing it this way, you can do things such as split test your landing page. You can split test your email follow-up sequences. You can change the offer. Changing the offer will dramatically impact your conversion rates and your lead generation costs. And so these are all things that you can test. And because you're doing it on an ongoing basis, not just when you're launching, it gives you a much faster feedback loop for you to figure out what's working. But that's really at the core of what we recommend. Now, some people will use webinars. Some people will even automate things like launches or virtual summits. That's possible to do as well. Some people will use chat messenger bots as part of their follow-up marketing. But what I see successful creators using more than anything else is really focusing on the email messaging because as opposed to other channels, when someone gives you their email, they're giving you the opportunity to have what feels like a one-on-one conversation with them over a series of days. I want to bifurcate this conversation. And I think that the topic that you're bringing up that's really interesting to me, you know, I think of evergreen as it relates to marketing being mostly around content. At the MarTech Podcast, we primarily create evergreen content. There's very little that we're doing that is topic that is breaking news. It's just for today. If you go back and you go three years back and you listen to the interview that we did with our mutual friend, Perry Marshall, talking about performance marketing, that content is still relevant today. It is evergreen. That's one way to think of evergreen content production. And there's the other component that you're talking about, which is 
basically evergreen marketing tactics. When I set up a triggered marketing event, an email, a chat bot, something that is going to do some communication, I'm sort of building the infrastructure of my marketing. I am inherently growing the business at the same time. So how do you balance thinking about building evergreen content as opposed to building more marketing automation and things that make basically evergreen marketing? What I would recommend is that someone focus first and foremost on going to the section of their audience that is most aware and knows that they have the problem that your product or service can solve and building your marketing around that. Why? Because there's a shorter distance between someone raising their hand and saying, this might be for me and making a purchase decision. So especially for a new creator or new business, making sure that you have revenue coming in and you automate your process for turning someone at that level into a client is one of the most fundamental things that you can do. It can really, you know, once you have that up and running, then you can start to ask yourself the question, okay, what about the people who are in my marketplace, but they're not quite at the point where they know that they have this issue or that we even exist. They're at a lower level of awareness. That doesn't mean anything about their intelligence. It just means that they're just in a different mind space. And that's really where I think what you're talking about, the evergreen content can be really, really effective. But it's important in my mind to get those two in the right order, because if you focus your time and energy first on doing the opposite of what I talked about and creating the evergreen content, but you don't have really an effective way to bring someone from they've read your white paper, they listen to your podcast, or they've attended your Facebook live, and there's really no direct through line of, okay, then what? How do they go from they've raised their hand, they're on your email list, there's no real way to get them to eventually becoming a client, then there's the chance that you run out of runway, you run out of time, you run out of money, you run out of focus and passion, and things go sideways. The strategy here is you start at the bottom of the funnel and you build based on need, right? I'm going to build as much content evergreen, hopefully, as I need to get people that are in the purchase intent phase. And then I'm going to work my way back to the people that are aware of the product, but maybe aren't ready to buy now and I'm building evergreen content. So when they are close to being in market or when they're doing their research, I have the documentation they need. And then you work your way into introducing your brand to people that are unaware of your product or service. And you mentioned something that I screwed up when I ran my first startup, which is I didn't start at the bottom of the funnel. I ran out of time, money, and resources when I was building a guitar lesson marketplace called strumschool.com. And I created all sorts of glossaries and content that was evergreen and meant to just attract guitar students, but I didn't spend enough time describing people why they needed the monetization engine for my site, which was person-to-person lessons. Moral of the story, if you don't have the ability to get people across the finish line, it doesn't matter how many people you're bringing into the marketing funnel. So that brings us to the question of, well, what's the right type of evergreen content for which part of the funnel? There's courses and software and white papers and checklists, all sorts of different ways to stay in front of consumers. How do you think about what is the right content you should be creating based on where the consumer is in their life cycle? It really comes down to the different parts of the funnel. So people typically think of the funnel in terms of bottom of funnel, middle funnel, top of funnel. 
there's a lot of different ways that the message could be communicated. Is it webinar? Is it Facebook Live? Is it email, et cetera? But it's really thinking about the awareness of the audience that you're reaching out to. So we talked about the bottom of the funnel. And this is really where you want to get down to the nitty gritty details of things like your pricing, how you stock up against your competitors, things like that. Someone is making that buying decision. Whereas as you start going further up the funnel, you're thinking more and more and speaking more and more about the pain point that they're in. It's entering the conversation already going on in their mind. So if they're not actively looking for the type of software or the type of training or the type of whatever it is that you're offering, then you need to think about what are they thinking about? What sort of pain points do they have? What sort of questions are they trying to answer? And what sort of content can I create that's really going to reach them where they are? And then I can create that bridge. It might take a little bit longer, but I can create that bridge from the top of funnel where I'm reaching them to the bottom of the funnel where they're making that purchase decision. And I've already demonstrated my authority through the white papers and webinars and Facebook lives and et cetera. And I've brought them all the way through. They've gone through some of my free training and now it's time for them to step forward and make a purchase and maybe sign up for a cohort-based group coaching program, let's say. So that's really how I think about it. There's not really an answer in terms of, well, if it's top of funnel, it's definitely gonna be a Facebook Live, but if it's a middle funnel, it's gotta be you know an email sequence. It's a little bit more nuanced than that. And it really comes down to, just messaging in a way where you're reaching them where they're at mentally and emotionally. Generally, I think of top of the funnel content as being your attention grabbers, your thumb stoppers. A lot of times this can be advertising. You know, people use content as top of the funnel, but it is not necessarily meant to be educational, right? It's something that gains somebody's interest, introduces them to the brand, and then they kind of move off. Hopefully you capture some contact information. If you do, you get into the middle of the funnel where you're nurturing the relationship. That's where things like webinars, education, checklists can be really useful. And then when you get to the bottom of funnel, you know, now you're getting into the more direct sale type stuff where you're Again, potentially using PPC to get people back into your funnel, but a lot of it's email marketing and content talking about why to use the products or services, comparing you against your competitors, building out your pricing and making sure that all of that's clear. You know, Jack, you specialize working with creators. And I think that even for the people that are working in B2B SaaS brands, I get a lot of interest when I tell people what I do as a creator of people saying, well, you're living the dream. And once you've got that creator business up and running and you can monetize evergreen content, yeah, you don't really have to work. You don't have to do much anymore. You're kind of on your own on an island. You can go to the beach. I wish it were that simple. It never is. But there's a lot of monetization strategies for creators that I think you probably understand better than the rest of us. Courses, white papers, checklists, you know, how are creators monetizing their evergreen content as a product? How are people distributing knowledge and what's effective these days? What a lot of the most successful creators do is, again, they focus on the bottom of the funnel first. And they also typically will go with more high touch, higher ticket types of offerings. So I've mentioned this a few times, but it might be a cohort driven, aka group coaching program where it might be $500, $1,000, you know, depending on, it really depends on the vertical and the audience, but it's typically a higher price point so that you don't need to have your marketing perfectly dialed in to be able to reach out through Facebook, paid advertising, and have everything razor sharp in order for your business to succeed. But outward from that, 
the successful creator will tend to build out more automated, more evergreen types of content. So that same group coaching program or cohort-based learning experience, which is more high touch, might be repackaged into a self-study program, which could be housed on something like Kajabi or Teachable or Thinkific, something like that, where it's self-serve and someone can sign up at any time, pace themselves at whatever's comfortable, and it's fully automated. I think that those are two clear ways where you're monetizing based on building events, having a cohort, being a teacher, you're creating a digital asset, a course, and you can use a platform for that. And there's also the creators that are, you know, out here slinging podcasts. I think that's worth talking about as well, where creators that are monetizing content are not only monetizing it through direct relationships with their customers or their audience. It's not just people that are creating a course and selling it to the people that take that course. Some people, a lot of creators are building audiences. Most of these are social media creators. You can think of the influencers on Instagram. You could think of podcasters and YouTubers where they're cultivating audiences and then selling access to that audience as well. Are the monetization strategies drastically different between the sort of influencer model and the creator model? And are there ways to blend those two? So as you were talking, I was thinking about that just this past year, I've signed up for two Patreon offerings. One was a pair of podcasters that have a private Q&A on Patreon. And another one is actually related to basically kite surfing. And so free videos on YouTube and then mentions in the description. If you want more of this, sign up for my Patreon. So I think Patreon is one model that is certainly not new, but one that I've started to actually be involved with, at least from the consumer side. So I think that that is one way that someone with, a say, a podcast or a YouTube channel could monetize their content. I have seen very successful course creators with very large YouTube audiences use that as a way of monetizing that attention and that trust and that authority that they're building up with that audience. I think that you could give a masterclass on exactly the different ways that a podcast audience could be monetized without having an online course. And I think that that would be fascinating. Maybe you need to create a course on that. Well, here's the funny thing is that's what our next episode is about, is talking about course creation and passive income generation. And honestly, Jack, that episode is me asking you, well, hey, we figured out how to monetize an audience. We're pretty good about getting sponsors to help us produce and publish and pay for the content of our show. How do we do more of the passive income type stuff? So let's table that. We're going to bring you back tomorrow. We're going to talk about courses and passive income generation. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jack Bourne, founder and CEO of Deadline Funnel. If you'd like to hear more of Jack and Deadline Funnel's tips for creating effective creator automation, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we talk about courses and passive income generation. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Jack, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is DeadlineFunnel, D-E-A-D-L-I-N-E-F-U-N-N-E-L. Or you could visit his company's website, which is DeadlineFunnel.com. 
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M A R T E C H P O D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.